the most growth hacking I did, actually. And especially Unrolm is growth was one of my best growth stories that we actually invested a lot on viral growth. And we were constantly trying to hack Facebook's viral algorithm. And then we were constantly playing with the viral coefficients. And then it actually became a huge success. Why do some companies succeed in driving growth while others fail? How do some individuals advance in their careers to lead teams that change industries? In the age of mobile, these are the stories of the companies shaping the way we interact with our world and the people who drive their growth. Hi, everyone. It's an absolute pleasure to have our next guest, Emre Ertan. Emre is the current Chief Product Officer from Gather and has previously directed growth at Zoom and Rakuten Slice. He also co-founded not one but two companies through his career and was one of my classmates at Stanford. Emre, it's so awesome to have you here. Welcome to the show. Same here, Mother. Thank you so much for your invite. It's definitely great to be here. So, you know, it's been like really cool to see your career. You've done a lot of really interesting things. Tell us a bit how you got to where you are today. Tell us your story. I mean, I guess it starts from the early days. Like since the beginning, I was always very interested in technology and entrepreneurship. And actually, I started my career starting a company, which looking back now, I wouldn't advise, I think, to many (laughs) folks. But I started my first company when I was in college. And it was related to mobile technologies, SMS marketing. I mean, way before when, not uh, before even iPhone existed, actually, like smartphones existed. So that was my start. And then after my first company, I actually didn't want to take another job or like apply for another job. And I didn't want to do another startup right away. So I wanted to go to US. And that's actually how I was motivated to apply to Stanford. And then I actually applied and hopefully I got in. And then I moved to US, which was definitely a big change in my life. And since then, pretty much everything changed. And I definitely fell in love with California and all the startup ecosystem in Silicon Valley. So yeah, I started like that. And then when I came to Stanford, well, I mean, as you know, we studied together at Stanford GSP. And after that, I joined (laughs) Slice as head of growth. And I was also one of the earliest users of Branch when I was at Slice, actually. So Slice was a a great ride, actually. So I definitely was my first real Sycomelli experience. I got into company fairly small and then we got much bigger and 10x the customers, and then we got acquired by Rakuten. And then we actually acquired a few other companies. So I definitely see both sides of the table at Slice. And after that, I started my own company based on my own need, also a typical uh, Silicon Valley story. I mean, I was, as head of growth, I did a lot of work on data analytics. And then based on my need, I actually started my company, Soru. And after Soro, like we had some echo hire conversations. And then through those conversations, I actually ended up joining Zoom, which was also a Sequoia-backed company and in mobility space, actually. So in short, it's kind of Uber for kids. Uh, so Zoom does kids transportation. So I joined there as director of product and growth in the driver's side. That was also a very fun ride. I also seen a very fast pace in Zoom, a lot of things, a lot of moving pieces. 
And after Zoom, I joined Getir as chief product officer. And Getir also has been a tremendous ride for me. I mean, when uh, I joined, basically I joined Getir to start product management functions. So we didn't really have a product management team at Getir before I joined. So it was definitely very fun. And during my time at Getir, I, for a while, I also, I was also an interim CTO in the beginning. So not only establishing the product team, but also we transformed and grew the, grew the engineering team. So there was definitely a lot of blood, tears and sweat. But so, yeah, so now I make it. And I mean, looking back now, I mean, we didn't have product management team and I probably like a 50, 60 engineering team. And now we are over 500 people. Uh, all together as an organization, product and engineering. So definitely a very fun ride. So yeah, it's in a nutshell, mostly around technology, product management and entrepreneurship. So you've had some really cool like experiences. Obviously you joined companies early, then you were in a company that was a later stage like Rakuten when you got acquired, you started your own company. You must have some like amazing growth stories. Do you have any campaigns or features that you launched that were really successful and, you know, you think others can learn from? I mean, when I think about growth, especially my time at Slice and especially after we acquired Unroll Me, I think that was actually when the most growth hacking I did, actually. And especially Unroll Me's growth was one of my best growth stories that we actually invested a lot on uh, viral growth. And we were constantly trying to hack Facebook's viral algorithm. And then we were constantly playing with the viral coefficients. And then it actually became a huge success. Like we, we grow Unroll Me to millions of users. And also, especially during Unroll Me's app launch, mobile app launch, we pretty much played with all the growth pillars, like paid acquisition, viral growth, SEO, SEM, social content. I mean, we basically played everything, tried everything we could. ASO, App Store optimization, like pretty much any growth hacking that we combined. And after all, we actually ended up, I think, number four in the overall App Store uh, for a while when we first launched our mobile app. And I think that was a huge success. And we actually got like millions of installs. So that was actually so super fun. So definitely that was probably my most fun growth story. Any, like you talked about virality and, you know, like driving virality, any like features or examples of how you did that i think that's a lot of people try that and it's very hard to get right what do you guys think you did to make it actually work i mean especially during my time at slice like what we did i mean in, for unroll me we did like an, a lot of like referral links actually we did use branch also like another mansion but nice. like we, a lot of uh, referral links and then we just like tried like we just tried people to actually share them in different social channels, including like Facebook, Twitter, and then eventually like emails. And so that's one thing we did. And then also like we also tried other things where like people would share not individually, but like we actually make them group shared, where it, which actually influenced and then made all the posts like show a lot higher than used to be. And so that's why actually we will... And a lot of people would see Unroll Me on top of their Facebook newsfeed. So that's why, like, that's one of the things that, like, we tried. Like, what we constantly thought, like, okay, what would make us appear on top of their news, uh, on Facebook's newsfeed? And it, it actually includes a lot of try and error, a lot of 
other campaigns and combining different campaigns, sharing the right links at the right time, like with the right channels, etc. And then definitely, I can't tell a silver bullet, but it required a lot of try and error and a lot of testing. Well, maybe that is the the lesson that there is no silver bullet. You have to do it all, and they all kind of right. <laughs> all the different tactics kind of play on each other, and there's not like one thing that works. You have to, if, even if you have virality, then you have to put some money into it and all of that, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, especially testing, we, we did a lot of them, and then we just like figured a way to do it in a very methodic way, and also we measured everything we did. So I think that's that was important. So tell us a bit about your role at Gather. What is Gather for those who don't know it? Let's start with that. So basically Gather, I mean, we deliver groceries in 10 minutes. And so in that's, especially in in Europe, it's like that. And then we're going to actually launch in the US soon. Nice. But definitely, like I can tell Gather, and then the groceries is just like the beginning. And even in, in Turkey, we actually now deliver food deliver other stuff and then like we try to actually expand product offerings and then our motto is like whatever you need uh, you get it near instantly that's what we do and then in turkey we actually just launched also like a cab service it's kind of like an uber Uh, we didn't get here some food groceries etc so basically you can say it's we are in the q-commerce space and then we try for what they bring whatever you need within 10 minutes. And then what I do is like, I'm, as I was telling you, I'm a chief product officer at Getter and I started the product management uh, team at Getter and currently I lead, I lead the team. Cool. That's really awesome. Any, you know, as you think about the growth throughout the pandemic, anything that you think you did to adapt the company to all the changes that happened in the ecosystem to help user experience and growth. So anything we did specifically in the pandemic for user experience and growth? I mean, especially, I mean, when you think about it, especially in Turkey, we had uh, a lot of days we were under curfews, actually. So definitely complete full lockdowns or the weekends. And people really didn't have many options to get groceries or get the goods that they wanted. So first time, so that definitely... I mean, in terms of product offerings that definitely help us grow quicker than maybe we anticipated. But what we needed to make is like we need to make sure that we provide a good product and service. And then for us, customer is always our number one. And that therefore, customer service is always like a customer experience is very important for us. So I think in an area like that, so we definitely have a very strong product market fit in turkey and during the pandemic we just like made sure that like we provide the best product and customer experience and the rest follow and definitely we did a lot of growth marketing and other things but especially in our land like the biggest i think driver for growth is our customer experience that's really cool any like features or campaigns that you help launch that you're like proud of any can be together or or some of your previous companies like a growth campaigns or futures like for for Getir or I can tell you a few things like especially for local uh, shops definitely during the pandemic uh, got a big hit. So as Getir actually we launched the marketplace future, which actually helped a lot in the local 
shops and stores. And then most of them actually, like maybe most of them actually could survive maybe because of that future, actually, because like definitely they got some tough times, but then we actually provided a lot of, mm, uh, awesome. of businesses to local shops. And especially during the pandemic, we actually really cut our rates, fees, etc. Therefore, like we really wanted to support and then we actually make them the number one priority instead of revenues. So that's why I think that was definitely something that uh, I'm proud of, especially during the pandemic. That's really awesome. Was there another question? Okay. <laughs> no, I think that was just, you know, just talking about the feature that like helps so many businesses and people get their food. And it sounds like, you know, something like really meaningful. How do you think about introducing new features? How do you think about testing, making sure it's the right feature for the market? What's your approach on that? Right. And I think it's, I think as I move along my in my career, like I actually started to work with bigger and bigger companies. I mean, initially in the Slice and Andromeda, when we were smaller, we would just like launch it, test it, and then after uh, like put it in, in yeah. front of the customers and test it and then see like how it goes, etc. So it's kind of fun. And if you can do it, I think it's the best way. Actually, just like put something in front of the customer. Even if you are not 100% proud, it just like tells you, teaches you a lot of things. It's just, but it, I think at the scale it gets it, which we have millions of customers. We really like, even if like we test, we still test things, but like we actually need to do a lot of testing in advance before even launching. So I think uh, my testing approach changed over time because of that. So like, I mean, at, at this scale, yes, we do in-pro testing, but before that, we actually do a lot of user testing before even launching the uh, product. And then we do a lot of customer research and user research to really understanding, uh, to really understand the pain points. And then we actually get more comfortable with the features than we launch them. So I guess that's kind of change in the approach. And what are some KPIs that you look at every day? You know, what is what are the things when you're trying to figure out is what I'm doing working? What are the main numbers you look at? I think in Getir, we have now we are in eight different countries and then we have seven different product offerings. So that's why I mean in each country and each product is actually we have different, we look at very different KPIs. So as the product organization, I cannot really tell you like it's one a single KPI that we look for because in each company, each store, each country and each products like have slightly different KPIs based on their like where they're at in their life cycle. But especially mm. what I can tell is, especially during the time that we need to grow very fast, like we actually look at like an order numbers for like, especially when we launch new markets, like we actually look at order numbers. That's actually important for us. And after that, we obviously look at a lot of like retention, engagements, and NPS and other performance metrics. Wow. And you like, you know, I've asked you a lot about features or campaigns that worked well or that you're proud of. How about one that failed that you had a big learning from <laughs> something that you thought was going to work, you're convinced, and then it didn't. And it can be any at any point in your career. Right. So I, I'm going to give you an example in my second startup, actually. So we had to pivot our... And then I think, so I, I mean, I see that as a growth failure, as a founder, I, I'm going to admit that obviously. But what happened was I actually, before I launched the product or before we actually raised fund or start in company, etc., I think I talked to 40, 50 different 
potential customers or like mentors or friends, etc. And then I think you were definitely one of them. And then when I talked to all these folks, the idea resonated so well. And the idea was like, what if you have something like Siri, but for your company in which like you can just like ask any questions about growth, about your metrics, about your analytics, and then you get answered right away. Or you get a response right away as if you are, as if you're like a robot data analyst. So the idea resonated very well. And then definitely data analysts also liked the idea because like they didn't want to answer all the questions. Anyways, long story short, although the idea overall resonated very well, when we picked our Lighthouse customer and then we started building product together, and then we realized that the use cases are actually quite different from across different companies. So then that actually put us in a very difficult position where, okay, we either could actually become a, a service company, which we can kind of serve different use cases, etc., or we really invest in AI a lot longer, our technology a lot longer than we initially anticipated, then we would become a product company, which our technology could cover out of like many other use cases. But then that, that, that was actually tough because we didn't have enough funding at that point. So we had to pivot to a slightly different uh, product offering. I guess the lesson there is like, it's very important to obviously like talking to customer, understanding customer, but it's also very important to really go very deep and granular in, in terms of pain points, use cases, and to make sure that uh, before you grow, do you make sure that like you definitely have the same use cases and you definitely have like a set of customers or particular customers that actually are likely to use or like that will definitely want to use your product. That's a really good lesson. And I think it's hard when you start. I still think to start a company, the hardest thing is product market. Right. <laughs> I think once you have that, things get easier. But I think, you know, I talk to a lot of startups that don't actually have it, even though they've raised money and sometimes they're like, I mean, we didn't have it until branch with all our previous right. companies. <laughs> so, you know, you've had a really cool career. You were pretty successful. What advice do you have for others? You said earlier in the podcast that like you don't advise that people start by becoming entrepreneurs. Then maybe that should come later. Do you still think that if someone, you know, is out of college and they want to be, you know, in your position right. to product officer one day, what's your advice? I think a couple of things. Well, let's start from the entrepreneurship in the beginning. I mean, I I said that in the beginning of the conversation. I mean, but obviously, if you have a burning desire to do something and if you have the conviction, I mean, no one can stop you really. So if you have that, you definitely should go for it. You kind of have to go for it, actually. So there's that. But I think like starting the company for the right reason is also very important. Because entrepreneurship and startups are becoming more and more like cool. So like sometimes I see entrepreneurs that just like start something to just for the saking of starting something. I think which is also fine in some cases. But if you just like want to start something for the sake of starting something, then I would recommend to actually work for another company where you can actually learn the best practices, or even so you can actually learn difficult problems because at the end of today as entrepreneurs you have to solve some sort of problems and to solve a problem you need to understand the problem very well and to understand the problem you need to get very familiar with the problem with the customer etc and to, one of the best ways especially if you're on a SaaS company 
or if you want to start a SaaS company, one of the best ways to really work for another company where you see the edge of the problems, but somehow the company that you are working for is not capable or suitable to fix that problem. And then it's best way just like you leave and start your own company to fix that. So yeah, I think that will be my advice. And I think like it's always, I mean, in a young age, it's difficult, but I think like later in your career, like you realize that the more you do things you like, the more you get successful, I guess, like really doing things that you enjoy matters. I think it's, I would actually tell that to my younger self also. I love that. How do you find what you like? You know, I think some people have this, they go into a career and they're just going to get stuck in it. And then maybe they feel like they can't really like go and look for the things that they like. And you've made a lot of moves and tried a lot of different things. How do you go and look for the things that you love? I mean, I guess it's, I mean, in my case, I think there are multiple ways, but like I can tell you at this in my life, like what was my way. So I'm in general, like very curious person. So I love new ideas. I love learning different things and just like reading random articles. And sometimes like, I mean, you feel like when you read articles or when even let's say I'm also subscribed to, let's say things like term sheet, where like I actually read bunch of new companies that is just like raise funds, etc. Like when I read all these new companies, all these ideas, etc. I mean, some of them I get very excited and I want to read more and deep dive. And some of them I just like, well, okay, that's cool, but it's not. So I guess like as you read more, as you actually talk about different ideas, as you talk to different people, etc., eventually you realize a pattern in which pattern. And that pattern is like when... In some ideas, when you are talking about, like, you get excited and some, like, you are not really interested. I guess you just need to sense that, like, you're, like, which ones you are excited and which ones you are not. And I think it's a good compass that then you realize that you like some industries or some functions, etc. And then you don't, the other ones. And in terms of functions, I actually did, in my week, like, I was actually looking back, I, I did this exercise I think I read actually one of the books that I think Stanford suggested us, but like I did exercise in which I looked back in my timeline in a week and I scanned all the activities I did, like all the meetings, et cetera. And then I identified which ones actually gave me more energy, which ones actually drained my energy, which ones was actually more fun. Mm. And then looking at, looking backwards, then I realized, okay, like I like doing these kind of things and I don't like doing these kind of things. And then I, try to come up with things. Okay, what are the functions that I can be successful and I enjoy considering the activities that I like and the activities that I don't like? Mm, that's a really cool exercise. I have done that at some points in my career as well. And like, it really kind of shows you and then you kind of figure out what are things you can cut. And obviously there's some things that drain you, but you, you can never cut, but right. you can do less of, find other people to do it. In my case, it's the processes. There's other people on my team <laughs> doing that. It's good that you have a large team now. So <laughs> Even when we were smaller, you know, there were always, even when I think I managed two or three people, there was always someone else who was like my complete opposite, who was very like process driven, following the rules. So I think that has been, I, I definitely learned that about myself, that I need people who are different than me to be able to like be a good leader. So, you know, I think, the world is continuing to change. Anything that you, any trends, obviously you look a lot of new companies. Do you think there's any trends 
that as people think about growth and product that they should like watch either in marketing or in just even in like building products? Right. I think in marketing and growth, I definitely think there will be different models when it comes to uh, promoting your products. And I think like the, the ad model, I mean, obviously like it's probably going to exist, but you'll see different models. And I see actually some blockchain companies that are finding smart ways to do so. I mean, for instance, like I, I came across like this company, this, this product that as you run, you get more coins and your iPhone can actually track like how much you run and then you get more coins. And as you get more coins, you can spend those coins on products that you like. So I think it's a very smart way to actually bridge between like, like one group of customers, which is, let's say, runners, and other brands which try to actually reach runners. And then kind of like it's a smart way to actually incentivize runners to do what they like and also incentivize companies that actually reach who they want to reach. So definitely, I think in... In these kind of ecosystems, like I think we'll see some innovation in terms of growth and also in terms of like, I also see different examples in terms of e-commerce, like they combine e-commerce and gamification. I think that's also an interesting trend. So I would say promoting your products in different ways, either as like maybe coins or like in a blockchain environment or maybe like in a, some sort of gamification. I think we will see more examples in the future. I like that a lot. I think you're right. So, you know, we've talked a lot about your career and your growth. What's one thing about you that, you know, you think helped define your career that we wouldn't able to find if we were doing a Google search? I think that might be actually the, the one that I was studying. Like, I, I always loved uh, new ideas and curiosity. I mean, as a kid, I always tried to actually find new ways to do things or like try to like invent things like or small tools like even like a, some simple tools to i mean to go to do some stuff etc but like i was always this i always found that very novel to do things slightly differently and always i try to observe the different patterns across different things but i guess it actually helped me i mean in both growth and product like especially in growth you need to test a lot. And to be able to test a lot, you need to come up with a lot of ideas. And to come up with a lot of ideas, like you need to be actually curious or try and then start with like what ifs or whys, etc. So I, I think that was kind of something that I really enjoyed. So that's why I, like when I was doing my work as a growth manager, as a product manager, I always enjoyed the part with coming, what, coming up with new ideas or like trying things slightly differently than, than, a, than a traditional way. Let's go into our lightning round. If you had to delete all the apps on your phone and you could only keep one, what would you keep? I guess that's Getter for me. That's an easy one. And if you don't count Getter, I'd probably it will be Spotify. But I think for me, it, it will be Getter. That's awesome. Well, you need to get the food to you, right? Exactly. <laughs> if you had an app to allow you to talk to one animal or one type of animal, what would you pick? I think there will be dolphins because they are great surfers and they're very smart. So I definitely want to learn some tricks from them. Wow, cool. And then lastly, what's an unlikely app on your phone? I think that's actually Formula One mobile app. So usually I'm not a gamer at all, but recently I got into Formula One and then there, 
games i think it's really cool actually it's like very addictive and it's really fun so although i'm not a gamer at all but like i keep playing it very cool wow okay nice i also am quite addicted to mobile games so i understand <laughs> well emre it's been so awesome having you thank you for all the advice all the stories that we share you shared I'm definitely going to redo the thing where I look through all my meetings and think about what gives me energy. You reminded me that it's a really good exercise and I suggest that all our listeners do it. And yeah, it's been really fun chatting with you today. Well, same here, Mother. Thank you so much. It's definitely very fun and it's always uh, great talking to you. Thank you so much for listening. If you like the show, please leave a review wherever you listen to this and share with someone trying to grow their career. Until next time, keep growing.